Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself, Simon and Danny Murphy spoke about Newcastle's draw in Milan. Was it a positive or negative result? Can Manchester City become European royalty? Will they ever match the iconography of Liverpool and Manchester United? I speak to midfielder Billy Gilmer about life at Brighton as the Seagulls begin their first ever Europa League campaign this week. And heavyweight boxer Joe Joyce joins us ahead of his fight on Saturday night against Zhili Zhang, live on TalkSport. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Now listen, Newcastle United pitched up at the San Siro last night. It ended goalless. And at the end of it, Eddie Howe wasn't having anything about, you were lucky. Not a chance. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. I, I, I didn't think... The, the draw was luck today on our part. I thought we, we're slightly disappointed with how we played with the ball tonight, but I think there are loads of different reasons for that. But I thought the way we defended was commendable. You know, look how many block shots, how many times we threw ourselves in front of the ball. We were determined to defend our goal. Yes, our goalkeeper played well, but it was a really good defensive display. A very hostile atmosphere, very difficult place to come. Can't underestimate the power of that draw today. Was it a point, Danny, of defiance or a point of struggle? A bit of both. I mean, uh, he's right. They earned their luck. They defended manfully. There was some brilliant blocking. There was some togetherness, some resilience, um, you know, digging deep to stay in the game at times. But you need a bit of luck away from home in the Champions League because they missed a couple of really good chances, especially the header second half. That was a really good chance. So you do you do have to have a bit of fortune when you go away in Europe, whoever you're playing against. <clears throat> I think they, they will have learned a hell of a lot, those players who've not played Champions League before. I think six of them or five of them, sorry. Six of them. Yeah, it's quite a baptism. It is a baptism. And, and I've been there when you play your first Champions League game away. I think my first away one was Dortmund. And it, it is a bit like, whoa, you're used to seeing it on the telly and now you're here. Um, the one thing I was surprised about, and he talked about this and he got asked about it, I think, yes, the day or the morn, morning of the game or the day before. They didn't take advantage of going to the stadium and training there before. And he said it's only a pitch were his words. Yeah, what did you think of that? Well, I talked about it Monday night on TalkSport on the show when I was at the game at the City Ground and I completely disagree with him. And, and this is probably, it doesn't mean he, he's a bad manager, but his belief in that means he hasn't been in those situations as a player. 
And I can tell you hand on heart that going to the stadium before and having a training session there to feel your surroundings and get comfortable with the pitch and just think, picture yourself in these scenarios, Yes, it helps 99% of players. Now, there's a big difference if you're turning up there in your Man City and you've every one of those players has played 50, to, well, not 50, but 30 to 50 to 100 Champions League games, played there before, neither in or there. Right. But when you're in the infancy... Familiarity. Of, in the infancy of a Champions League journey with six players who haven't played in the Champions League before... Get there a day or two before. Take the opportunity of training on the pitch. Let them feel the surroundings. Let them get comfortable with the different kind of... Also, the humidity is always a bit different abroad. It doesn't matter what time of year. It can be winter when you're in Russia or Ukraine back mm. in the day. It, mm. can, it can be really hot when you're in Turkey playing there in September. These things matter. And, and you, you can laugh and God take the mickey, but... I, I'm with Danny totally on that. Well, I, I would have thought you'd want to go in I there. I think just little wins, little wins. The Manchester example is well, yeah. well, an interesting thing because we, until they won it, we were constantly told for years and years and years that Man City had no experience in the Europe in the Champions League, hence the reason why they weren't well, winning they had experience it. But all their bleeding big... players have played around the world in every Champions League winning side. So it was a ridiculous analysis. But of course it's going to be a challenge for Newcastle because it's a whole different landscape. I would suggest that going to AC Milan and getting a nil-nil draw is Job, job done. Absolutely. End of discussion. Doesn't yeah. matter how you got to that point. There's lots of experience to be gained from it. Newcastle will play in front of a further group of supporters every single week. They're playing in the biggest league, these players, every week. Mm. The only thing that, w- that, that, that would change the direction of people's performance is their mindset. Yeah. And, and, and that is the reality of going into a Champions League. Most of it is the psychological approach because you're not playing against a great side. You're playing against a great side in your mind because of what they were previously. You're playing in a great stadium. You play in great stadiums every week. You play in the Theatre of Dreams. You play in all these big stadiums. So your psychological approach was the key component towards it. And and Eddie Howe's gone over there and got a nil-nil draw. Thank you very much. Job done. First point in the Champions League. Next time round, when they play AC Milan at St James's Park, whole different set of rules. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's so many positives, Jim. I mean, it's it's... It's a game that really doesn't... The performance does become secondary. He's right. Well, Simon's right, though. Job done, because getting out of there with a point with something else... Milan had 25 shots in the game, Newcastle six. Mm. Newcastle one shot in target. Near the one, end, that And was. it came in the last minute. Mm. One thing I wanted to ask you, Danny, a lot was made at the beginning of it, and I kind of fell into the trap that, oh, wonderful. Jacob Murphy... Look at him standing there. Can't believe he's in the San Siro. You know, as they went along the line with the, the mascot standing in front of them, beaming out like the Champions League music being played. What a moment for him, the kid who's got to the San Siro. Was too much made of that? Because he's yeah. almost starry-eyed, like, it's about to kick off, Jacob. I hope you get your mind in the game. Do you do know you, what I mean? Do you know the way I looked at it? He looked relaxed and happy. And he actually was one of the better performers. He was taking it all in, I, enjoying <coughs> every single moment of it. That's I what thought, it should be about. I actually, I actually thought... Yeah, nobody asked you. Oh, this, this, this may <laughs> sound unusual coming from me, but it actually warmed my heart. Because warmed I thought, the cockles of your heart. It did. God. Am I in the right studio this because, morning? Do you know what? It's I a bit thought, nauseating now. How it? good oh, is yeah. that? Someone who actually is desperately... Del- he's delighted to be there. He's smiling. He's just happy. I get that, but you don't want to be thankful but to be there. But it didn't affect his performance. He was at it. Murphy was good. Okay, fair enough. He was one of the better ones. Fair fair enough. Uh, One question being asked all the time at the moment. The the players who are selected, can Tonali and Bruno get it together in the one team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They don't play the same position. Um, Tonali's a super talent. Very difficult evening for him. I was watching his performance, going back to the team. I can only only think back to the first time I went back to Liverpool 
the first time when I'd left. It was the most horrendous experience ever. Yeah. Awful. Everything, the emotion gets got the better of me. And he, he, I wouldn't say got the better of him, but he looked a little bit inhibited. Yes. But he's a super talent. He can play in a, a, a various positions. He's a good athlete, good feet. Mm. No, them two can definitely play together, yeah. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. What about Manchester City? Last night, came from behind uh, to beat Red Star Belgrade, but it was pre-match when Pep spoke that my ears really pricked up because he spoke about last season and having won it, albeit once, but having won it, what that really means now. For our club to win the Champions League is something incredible, incredible. But in perspective for the Champions League, so how many teams won one Champions League? Just one, a lot. But there is a lot won two, a lot won three, a lot won four, a lot won five. There is one team won a lot, a lot, a lot. So in perspective of the championship, we didn't do anything special. It just won. So, but, but for us, of course, if the club didn't have it and be part of that, is incredible proud of. You know, I, I take my hat off to him. I like that. You know, winning it once, yeah, sure, fine. We're delighted to have done it. Doesn't mean that much. You've got to be a serial winner of the Champions League. Then people sit up and take notice. Well, it's the right message to send. The reality is they've been at the latter end of the Champions League for the last four four years and, you know, they've been really consistent in it. But that doesn't matter. He's right. He's saying that winning it more than once, people start talking about you as a great side when Madrid did it recently I think they did three or four on the spin but he's trying to motivate the players to go again and that's that's what you do as a manager and is that why you would consistently put Liverpool ahead of City in terms of standing because Liverpool have won it so often well Liverpool's history is greater because of their success over over a you know, elongate period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Pep is right here, Simon. I think he's right. But that's the the, the, here speaks somebody that doesn't take things uh, in the way that certain segments of the media would suggest that ultimately we need to really, you know, uh, celebrate what we've done. He's he's a he is a winner that will now be looking at the reality of how do I win the next Champions League? Because Mm. I didn't come here to win one. I'm not grateful for it. He's not grateful for winning it. He's priced in. He expects he was brought it. in to win the Champions League. About bloody time they did. They could Let's win it again. it right. Yeah. So now what you do is you don't go, if you're this sort of mindset, or oh, we're grateful for that, you go, right, what's next? That's what winning teams do. Yeah. That's what elite teams do. That's what he does. But there's no doubt. Did it twice against no Manchester United. There's no doubt City are the most remarkable football team. There's no doubt that their achievements are up there, you know, and actually exceeding history mm. because nobody has won X amount of Premier Leagues in a row so they're already writing history the question will abound is what does it take to turn them into a legacy football club exactly but and you often criticise their iconography because if they start becoming serial winners of this competition then Manchester City will go up yeah. in yes, your estimation yes, that's now, right. and you won't be able to harp on at them having no, next to no, no history no of course generationally it'll take them a significant period of time to unseat usurp or be at the same position as Real Madrid as Bayern Munich as Liverpool as Manchester United and whether Man City fans like that or not is irrelevant the point is is that it will take Red Bull a a lifetime to eclipse Ferrari in the minds of people that look at football clubs around the world and says what makes an iconic football club not a remarkable team which Manchester City are an iconic football club that somehow supersede the value of what's going on at the pitch at a particular moment in time. 
How do Manchester United continue to pull off these ridiculous commercial deals with this world following that eclipses most football teams when their team stinks and their club's in chaos at this moment in time? Because they have this legacy, this unique heritage mm. that's been organically grown at times. Some will say, how can it be organically grown? Because they've spent so much money, but they spent their own money. They didn't need some Middle Eastern consortium come in to lift yeah. them out of the back end of nowhere and put them into a stadium that they didn't own and build a football side that's absolutely remarkable. Yeah, yeah. And it will take time. I'd, I'd, if Man City continue to win, they're going to have the same challenges that Arsenal and Man United have. This fella is going to shuffle off this mortal coil at some point, whether that's literally or in his existence at Manchester City, and the next guy coming in is not going to be Pep Guardiola. So this is not going to be forever Manchester City nope. are going to dominate this way. This is a moment in time, and that's why I think it's going to take them an inordinate amount of time to get to a point where you utter Manchester City with a different feel in the same way that you utter Liverpool. I can't, I, 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 I can't, 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 I can and you think of Manchester United, your mind automatically goes to tragic events in 1958 with the Busby Babes and Duncan Edwards and so on and so forth. Then your mind goes forward to George Best and Bobby Charlton. And then it lands with Alex Ferguson. When your mind goes to Manchester City, yes, you can pull Colin Bell out of your backside and a few other people. But you don't tend, to, you don't tend to pull too many historic achievements and too many momentous occasions. They're coming and they will come and Manchester City will get the there. The problem they've got, they it will come but it won't last because he's right. You can't... With Pep's the Pep's the 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 reason. Yeah, Pep's you could argue that iconic players like Charlton and and Best only won it once. Oh, yeah, but with, you're 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 differing between my observation about their achievements are remarkable. Their achievements are eclipsing people that we are saying that are football clubs that you hold up as legacy football clubs because they are moving beyond Manchester United now. They're moving beyond Manchester United achievements. Manchester United were the poster boy of the football world 2.0. Football where, changed where? in 1992. Yeah, there were three events that changed it. Sky. Um, Roman Abramovich and Sheikh Mansour and maybe maybe the Saudis will be the fourth event I don't think they will but we'll see so with all that in mind in the poster in the era of football landing in people's minds around the world United were the pin-ups for that they were the poster boys for it Arsenal were coming along nipping at their heels right? and then Blackburn popped up with Jack Walker and Chelsea have come along and done whatever they've done but it was always United they were the ones that were almost the face of the Premier League but their, their achievements are being eclipsed by Manchester City, but they still don't get uttered in the same breath. And Man City fans will say that's because it suits people. That's because people are no, envious. They, they never will. They'll never be in the and same breath as Liverpool and Man United. They never will? Never. That's my view too. What never. do you mean they never will? They if, never they, will. if they win the Champions League this season and that, maybe next, they're right there. No, 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 no. How can it not matter? Because it takes be. decades of young people idolising players and the team across the planet and passing that on to their kids for them to become engrossed and ingratiated in, the, in that support Pe of that club Pep stands to become the, the most serial Champions League winner individually Pep, Pep's a genius in his own right Pep's a genius and Man City are an amazing football team but they'll never be talked about in the same breath as Manchester United and Liverpool of worldwide global football team never never be no I don't think so in no. spite of what they achieve nope I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't in say the next decade. I wouldn't say never, but I would say it's generationally challenging. Yeah, but Pep will know. Managing Man City has a different feel to managing Barcelona or Bayern. Uh, or Bayern. He'll know that. 
They, those are different football clubs with a different feel about them, a different substance to them. And I could care less about whether Manchester United are perceived as the biggest football club. I have no dog in the fight besides the fact that I don't like the fact that Man City haven't been held to account yet for the things that they've been alleged to have done. Yeah, but Simon, generationally, many people listening this morning don't have a clue about Manchester United being big winners in Europe. Don't have a clue about Bobby yeah, Charlton but you're, or George but you're, but you're, Best you're, or Brian you're, Kidd. Don't have a clue but you're, but you're, about you're confu- Beckham you're confusing, in the new camp you're confusing, in 1999. You're confusing achievements. They do because people are not immune to history. You know, people still listen to the Beatles. People are aware of the reality of what's gone before because it's all part of the architecture of what's going on now. And yeah. you can see it. That's why, new generations that's, that's why United are, you know, are out there getting these commercial deals done what, because people like them? Because they feel a particular empathy towards Man United or they're a charitable case? No, because they recognise that Manchester United are probably one of the most touchy-feely, iconic football brands that you can have. Yeah, but nobody gives a damn about the big kit deals they can sign. But Man, they do. Man City have got a core group of brilliant supporters, but they don't have the mass support that Liverpool United have got. How many times has Pep had to ask the supporters for more at home? How many times has he complained about it? A are, lot. You, are you telling me, though, Danny, Have you ever heard Jurgen Klopp ask for more from Liverpool fans? I need more. Doesn't do it. Because he always gets it. Because everywhere you go... That's because Manchester City are too busy winning. He still has... He st- even though they've been so successful, Peppers many times asked for more from the supporters because they don't have that same... It's not. It's just not the same. same Chelsea. In terms of iconography, you're telling me this morning that Manchester City, in our lifetime... We'll never have the. We'll never match the iconography of Manchester United or Liverpool. Well, maybe, maybe not in your lifetime. Thank you for maybe that. I don't have long to go. <laughs> but they won't match it in terms of iconography. Come on, City fans, you got to bite it. That I tell you, I tell you, manufactured the, club like Chelsea, they're cut from the same cloth. A manufactured yes, club. They owned are, they by, are the whims, owned by billionaires. They are the whims, they City are the, fans, you listen to they this. They are the whims of two individuals that decided to rock into English football right. and change the direction of travel of two football clubs. One of them that was playing. Gillingham or Chesterfield in a Division Two playoff in the years to come, five or six years previous City, or ten years previous. Will, if they win, if they win the Champions League, maybe once or twice again, will they start in your eyes having the iconography that United no, and Liverpool? They'll have got? be lauded for having a remarkable team. They'll be looked on. They'll be looked. They will be talked about for decades as one of the best teams we've ever seen. Absolutely right. Yes, that is different. And deservedly so. And deservedly so, because what they do on a football pitch is beyond belief. All right, but United get bigger kit deals. Big deal. United have got a bigger, a Big bigger, deal. a bigger they've global a, footprint. They've got a stadium that, that the fans keep on telling us is a dump. They've got a, and besides all of that, they still operate in the hearts of minds of broadcasters around the world as one of the core propositions of the Premier League that we must have. You're always we totally seduced by Manchester United. No, I'm not. Totally. I, I'm just, I'm just calling it for what it is. Okay. And I think, and I think Liverpool aren't far behind. There's a um, difference between measuring Rob success. Says Danny's on the... right. Authenticity is everything. I get that, Rob. But City are getting there. They're getting I think, there. I think we've got to be careful. This, this, not to misinterpret what we're saying about City's achievements on the pitch and what they're doing, which yes, is going to be back now. No, that's going to be historic because it's on pay. Look, you've, they've won this x amount of times, and if they keep winning Champions League, it gets bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. But to have that global support and that that, see, when Liverpool went to their last Champions League final. And ended up with what the, the one against Tottenham in Madrid, and they end up with what sixty thousand, seventy thousand Liverpool fans over there. Not can happen with City. You didn't see City fans not being able to get in the stadium in the. In the well, fa- let's put it out there: Will City ever match the iconography of the- Liverpool and Manchester Manchester United? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. You know, when you consider some of the high-profile sales that have taken place uh, out of Brighton and Hove Albion, like Alexis McAllister, Moses Caicedo, Mark Kukarea, uh, Basuma to Tottenham, it, it, it actually is jaw-dropping. Uh, they're doing what they're doing in the Premier League right now. Um, just at the weekend there, their great story continued. They go to Old Trafford and they win. They won for the fourth consecutive time uh, against Manchester United. It is quite amazing. And obviously something as special is going on under Roberto De Zerbi uh, at Brighton. I mean, does it show how far the club has come uh, in recent times in that... A Brighton win at Old Trafford doesn't really come as any great shock to us. That's exactly the point I put to midfielder Billy Gilmore. For us, we're going into these big games confident. We trust the way we play our style. So when we were playing against United, the first 10-20 minutes, we suffered a little bit. But then when we got our foot on the ball, got the rhythm, we started to find our way and played really nice football. And I think with all three goals, I've seen like a start. It was like 10 plus passes and 19. So, like, it's working. And we do that against most teams, and it's a joy to watch. Billy, what are you guys saying in the dressing room then under this man, Deserbi, regards the ceiling that the club might be working under? I mean, how far do you think you can go under Roberto? When he came in, he had his plans straight away from the training ground. We were doing shape and tactics. And he's been a joy to work with. I, I love coming to training every day and so do all the boys. We know what he wants from us and we go to the games and pure belief and confidence to, do, to go and take it to any team. As a manager, he's top. He's uh, really good. He's been amazing for Brighton. All the fans love him. As you can see, we're on a great journey so far and hopefully it continues. If it does, you know, the sky's the limit. I mean, is top four realistic, Billy, or is it way too early to say that? It's still early days, of course, but as a club, I know we want to go as high as possible. We want to push yourself against the best teams. We want to play in every competition possible. 
for us this season. We've got Europe, so we're looking forward to that on Thursday. Uh, it'll be a big test, historic moment for the club and for the players. We're going to look forward to it. You mentioned it at Brighton at the moment. It's it's a key moment. You're in Europe for the first time. What What's the expectation? Go all the way. Personally, I would say we want to, we want to do so well in this competition. Of course, it's the first time in Europe, but we've got good enough players. We've got a great group, and we're looking forward to travelling and playing these top team uh, in these stadiums and the top teams against the best players. So, go and test ourselves and see how far we can go. I love that. Go all the way. Why not? And Billy, why not? No, I mean, why not exactly? I mean, we've done so well last year. Uh, of course, we've we lost top players, uh, but we've brought in great signings as well to help us and strengthen the squad and. We're ready for it. We want to do as well as possible. And if it doesn't work, so be it. But it's a learning curve and we're all excited in this journey. You know, when you look at the month of October, Billy, Marseille, Liverpool, Manchester City and Ajax. Could you ever have envisaged Brighton having fixtures like this? Yeah, they are tough, tough fixtures. Uh, That's a difficult uh, month. But, I mean, we're going to these games as we always do. Confidence, self-belief to go in the try and win the game. That's the main aim for us. I mean, last season we we played Man City and we know how good Man City are and the top players they have, but we stick to our style and try and play. When you start a game, I suppose great. When you're on the bench, okay, fine. Presumably you just go with whatever the manager is planning that day, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, manager has a final say. Uh, of course, some people are going to be disappointed if not starting, if you're starting then you need to prove that you're worth so for every time I start I try to play as well as possible help my team uh, to win the game uh, and give it all Just before we leave the subject of Deserby Billy what's he like? I mean when things go well I'm sure he's he's delighted with you all but can he dish it out? He's a top manager and I think so far when I've been under him even when we win games he's still wanting more and for a player it's it's amazing like constantly helping you and feeding you information on the game or what you can do better and what you could have done so for us players we're constantly learning winning and losing so it's it's top you're still young of course you are but has Brighton give you a new lease of life yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying my time here so I'm obviously when I signed it was a bit of a crazy moment uh, with Graham Point leaving and Deserbi coming in, not playing as much football as I would have liked to. But uh, towards the end of the season, got a lot more game time and I think the manager gave me, he, he believed in me a lot more and trusted me on the pitch. And this season it started off really well and I want to continue that for club and country. It didn't work out for you at Chelsea. At one stage, to me it looked like you were going to be a first team mainstay. Can you put your finger on what happened, Billy? When I came back from my loan uh, from Norwich, I came back in, had a had pre-season and I just wasn't in the plans. Uh, I ended up leaving pre-season with the first team to go with the reserves and another part. So we were in America for pre-season and then me and two other boys uh, got told there's not going to be really a chance here, an opportunity. We're going to send with the reserves. And for me, I was like, right, okay, straight away I knew I wasn't in the plans. And at that point, I was thinking, well, I want to be a club that really appreciate me and like, I want to be part of the team. I want to play first-team football. I've had a taste for it, play for my country. So I want to try and push on now. 
And for me, it was the right time to leave. Um, spoken with uh, the manager at the time, Thomas Tuco, he thought the same. And that was it. Brighton, Brighton uh, had interest and I listened. And so far, it's been really good. But at that stage, was it tough to take that news? Yeah, I mean, in pre-season, it kind of kept getting more and more. I was going to leave. Uh, I wasn't seeing much chance in the first team. So I took the decision and said, okay, I need to, I want to push on now and do the be- what's best for me. And that was to be at a club that uh, appreciate me and want to play football, master, like the summer style to what I want to do and really settle down and try and find a house at home and be here and give my all. You're probably aware of it. Next week, you return to Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. How will you feel about that? Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, hopefully, we go there and we win the game. But it'll be a tough game. We know Chelsea are a, a good side. Uh, they've got great players, and of course, it's it's still early doors for Chelsea. Where they've bought a lot of players and they're still gelling together, trying to get the rhythm. So we're not under the impression that oh, we're going there. And not going to be a tough game. Of course, it is. It's Chelsea. It's a massive club. So it'll be a tough game, but we're looking forward to it. Will it be really sweet for you if you can if you can put them out? <laughs> With any team, I want to I want to win every game I play in. So it doesn't matter if it's Chelsea or City or Bournemouth. It doesn't matter for me. You still look for Rangers result when they play? Yeah, I still I still watch the Rangers. So I do sometimes uh, if it's on. And of course, when I go to national team, I'm always speaking to John Suter and uh, Ryan Jack. They will tell me what's happening at the club and stuff but uh, no I mean disappointed that they never got in Europe I was in the Champions sorry and then I was, I was hoping we could, we could have got them I think most of my family would have been in the Rangers end and it would have been my dad in the Brighton end <laughs> and of course we, we, we can't go without mentioning Scotland what an incredible run you guys have had with the national team do you feel now without tempting fate but you've got one foot in the finals in Germany haven't you still uh, a lot to do we know we're in a good place, won all our games, 15 points from 15, which is incredible. Uh, and we're in a good place. We've got tough games coming up, still got to go to Spain next month, still got Norway home, Georgia. So it's still, there's still tough competitions. Of course, we want to be there. We want to start to go to these big tournaments, but we know we're not getting ahead of ourselves. The world's most dangerous download, Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. A cyclops now, Joe Joyce. Howard Foster and the doctor decided you can't fight one eye in this sport. Yeah, it's an eye for an eye again. Now I've got my eye done. Had the eye not closed up, I think Joe would have gone on to win that fight. But he lost. Joyce, he is in some trouble here. Joyce, again in trouble here. He can't see those shots coming. That eye, Andy, completely closed. That left hand, I couldn't get away from it. He's strong and powerful and experienced. It's Daniel Bauer. The reaction of the Chinese fighter showed you that he knew he had got Joyce in trouble and he absolutely has here. Oh, oh, big shot. shot, big shot from Zhang. Joe Joyce in trouble. He waves the fight over and the Zhang camp go absolutely wild. Is there a rematch with Joe Joyce or not? I do whatever he wants to do. So if he wanted another fight, you'd have a rematch? Yeah, no problem. 
And that was it. Joe Joyce tasted defeat for the first time as a professional in April when he suffered a TKO loss to the giant. Joe's no slouch, but this fella's a giant, Zhilai Zhang. So Joe's got it all to do, and I don't suppose he enjoyed listening to that again. Joe, good afternoon. What was it like when you when you heard those words at the end? It must all come back. What happened that night? Yeah, it was. It didn't go to plan. It, like maybe that preparation could have been better, my weight, etc. But all those things I'm doing now is going to sort out this time, so I'm ready and going to get the win this time. You're going to get the win. Well, Simon's alongside me. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I was surprised, Joe, on the evening. What I was most surprised about, and I know you've addressed it, and myself and Spencer have been talking about it repeatedly, about the, the weight issue. Because every time I've seen you come into a ring, whether it's against Daniel Dubois in person or whether it comes against Carlos Takam or whoever else, and certainly against Joe Parker, you've been this huge figure of a man. And when I saw you come in against Julie Zhang, I, I, I noticed a difference in you. What, what was the thinking Joe, behind coming in at a weight that was almost a stone and a quarter lighter than when you put on really, really impressive performances against Joseph Parker? The weight wasn't really planned. It was just, I come into camp and I was disciplined over Christmas. I didn't overeat. So when I came into camp, I was on weight. And then obviously Vegas is very hot. So, um, but I don't know, My there's something in my diet that wasn't totally right and like there's a lot of little mistakes that I made in camp that have all been rectified now so it wasn't a conscious decision to make my weight lighter right. for a purpose um, so this camp I'm a lot heavier and yeah I'm ready to ready to go a lot more practice I mean is the strategy I mean was the strategy first time round I mean I'm not going to ask you to tell me what your thought process is because you're not going to reveal it to your opponent but the thought process was that he would start in a certain way and because of the tremendous level of fitness in the engine that you got that ultimately you might start from being behind early in the fight but you'd catch up with him later down the stretch was that the thinking in that fight and does that sort of apply in this instance or is it a different set of thinking going on for this fight yeah there's a lot they're totally different everything's like all the dots all the i's have been dotted and the t's been crossed so i'm i'm in a lot better place mentally like i've had a lot of there's more preparation gone into the the tactics and the mistakes that made in 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 the last fight. There's some, you know, last minute changes to the to the tactics and stuff, which is, you know, all been worked on and practiced now. So, were um, you surprised, lot- Joe, by him? Because everybody knew that he had relatively quick hands. Nobody thought that he had particularly quick feet, which he didn't. Mm. But it was that you, jab wasn't it? Simon? Were you that surprised with the power? Because I mean, obviously, yeah. I think he beat Filip Hergovic in the previous fight, and Hergovic got away one. So there's no. It was always a dangerous fight. But you going in there, was there anything that surprised you in the first fight? Yeah, the speed and power. Like Zhang was just there waiting. For Are you having to... your bloody hair braided again, Joe Joyce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Hey, it's a press conference tomorrow. So. <laughs> Got to look your best. Yeah, we, we'll watch as uh, the hairdressers doing uh, what hairdressers do. But Simon's right. You know, the, the thing that struck me, and obviously it literally did strike you, was his non-stop sledgehammer jab. And, of course, that did for your eye, Joe, and then you were seen out of one eye. You were totally Great. you were blind in the other. What, what are you going to do about that this time? Get away from it. <laughs> Block it. Anything. But yeah, no, it's all practiced and what exactly I'm going to do. So I'm I'm not ready this time. 
do, do you worry about do you worry about the necessity to get a compelling outcome is it just the w that matters to you or do you feel that you need to have uh, an outcome where you stop this fella and you make a, a, a you know a, a very strong statement yeah. or does it really yeah. not matter joe i did he knock him out like i'm not um you know i'm not i'm not looking to go overtime but yeah a win is the most important thing at this stage of my career because I don't have time to mess about. No, I'll, true. This is like my shot. This is my chance to, chance to blow. This opportunity only comes once in a lifetime, yo. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what you need to do is do to him on Saturday night what you did to Dubois, right? Yeah, that's that's right, yeah. Zhang is a lot more experienced than Dubois was. He's a silver medalist in his own right. So, yeah, he's um, more avoided. So you know, I gave him that opportunity and he took it. So it's about me getting it back. In time for the when the WO gets called, which is almost next in line. And that's my, I was going to be my point next, Joe, because obviously at the time, and I think you bristled a little bit in me in the studio. I said, "Well, I don't like this fight for you," but I understand why you've taken it because it puts you back into the mix as the WBO mandatory. There isn't if if and when. Let's say when because I'm optimistic for you in this fight. But if if and when you win this fight, we're not likely to see the necessity for a third. Um, Joyce Zhang fight are we, we we're going to see you potentially getting an opportunity to fight the the WBO champion whoever that is if it's Hergovic uh, because he beats um, Usyk or if it's Usyk that will be the next fight out if you get that opportunity will it yeah when when I get the opportunity yeah I'm, that is the next fight is, as long as the, like, the mandatory are being called right now and the bar is obviously for Usyk now then yeah. it's the IBF with um your man, uh, Philip Hergovic. Yeah. And then once I get the WBO back, then it'll be my shot. And you take, there's no no parallel universe when you're ever going to take step-aside money or stop anybody from from ultimately Usyk having an undisputed... If you're next out, then you're going to get a, a, a shot at the WBO. You're not going to step aside for anybody. Well, let's see what, ha- for, well, let's see what happens. I'm, I'm not mm. going to look ahead like I did in um, the mistakes I made in the previous fight, looking ahead and not... Um, really focusing on the, the guy I got in front fair of me. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Joe, Joe it's, a, it's a horrible question to ask any fighter, but I've got to ask it. Does defeat mean the end? No, it doesn't mean the end, but I'm not thinking about defeat. I'm thinking about winning and doing, um, fulfilling my potential as a, as a heavyweight boxer. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave a review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.